Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Becca. And we're two curious ladies on an adventure to learn more about cooking, cannabis, and the fine art of gluttony. Join us every 10 days or so as we get high and make our way through a recipe. Step inside and let the consumption begin. (laughs) Recording in progress. And the timer's going? We are ready. (laughs) What? Weird. (laughs) We are on it today. We are. We're excited to keep going with our France journey. We are hitting, we're closing in on the home stretch here. The last time when we were doing our deep dive into Marcella, at this point we were decided a main was a good idea. You'll remember I did scallop, scratch and did veal. But there's just so much in this book that we need to dig into from a mains perspective. So instead, we're doing a dessert and we're going to do a dessert next time. And that's going to be the end of our deep dive for now, for now, for now. And obviously, we're doing the Patreon, which is an unimaginable deep dive. That's where we're at. We're going to be making something really fun today called a semolina pudding. But before we get any further down that road, Gretchen, tell me what you're smoking over there. Becca, I really got to just let you talk all at once in the beginning all the time, because that was a lovely introduction to what we're doing today. Thank you for that wonderful and uninterrupted introduction. (laughs) Thank you. I was complaining to Gretchen earlier that I haven't been getting any feedback at work. Gretchen's been giving me a lot of feedback today, which I really appreciate. It wasn't necessarily related to that. I was just like, wow, I should just let Becca talk most of the time because she does a great job with that and doesn't need me putting in. I need it now. What are you smoking? You need me to talk now. I am having a second cloud blue dream high CBD joint. It's a balance of THC and CBD. So we got a one-to-one ratio. The note on this from the Ease website (laughs) says, high CBD Blue Dream is a sativa dominant hybrid, typically 70% sativa, 30% indica. It is for those looking to enjoy a powerfully invigorating and somewhat psychedelic high. But 7% THC, 7% CBD, and it does have an asterisk that says amounts are averages. I really appreciate that description. A powerfully (laughs) invigorating and somewhat psychedelic. psychedelic. (laughs) Yes, please. Perfect. That's why I had to say it. Are are you going to get a psychedelic high, Becca? Do you know if you have a psychedelic edge on your weed today? <laughs> I don't know. I have, I've had, Gretchen and I were talking about this. I've had this garlic cookies flour for a while and I've rubbed the label off almost. I know that there's lemonine, there's myrcene and caryophylline, but I can't see the THC percentage and there's no beautiful poetic description of what to expect, but I do like it. And I don't think I feel powerfully invigorated, but there is a somewhat psychedelic high happening, and that is powerful. <laughs> well, at least you got one of them too, you know. I mean, we and but we're but we're drinking something to invigorate us because That's we are right. just going with a morning theme today. We woke up and felt like doing some baking today. We wanted mm-hmm. to make something sweet and tasty and delicious. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we're having coffee and amaretto. Yeah. <laughs> And that's delicious, too. I I don't value this as a drink enough. I'm mostly probably because I'm not putting coffee with alcohol more. <laughs> sure. 
every yes. maybe once or twice a year. Right. It is not a daily go-to, but it is nice. It is a little sweet. You have to be ready for you have to be in the mood for that. It's tasty. And I do think it is a nice compliment. I'm feeling a little sleepy. It's rainy where Gretchen is. It's cloudy here where I am. It's been, it snowed not too long ago here in Vegas. It snowed it's, in Napa. It snowed and there was snow on the, the mountains, on the mountains all day. Not even like there was a little snow in the morning. No, down to a pretty significant elevation. Just weird weather. Weird. Just weird. Weird weather. I love it. Invigorated weather. Invigorating <laughs> weather. <laughs> weather that makes Gretchen really bitchy and go, why the, yeah. I moved away from cold. Why is it cold? Yeah, it's weird. So we're getting cozy with our coffees and our cannabis and we're making a milk pudding, which I've never made before. And I actually, I'm not a big pudding person. Gretchen and I were talking about this not that long ago. I hate jello, gelatin, boba tea, what's tapioca any most puddings i don't like flan i don't so okay flan i understand that's an egg thickened that Mm -hmm. makes sense you're making me sad with all this anti-tapioca talk because i love tapioca i know you do it's another one of our many forks in our culinary preferences although to be fair not that many like tapioca i am especially Mm -hmm. fond of it but i feel like i am a weird person (laughs) I'm still intrigued, though, all, mostly because this all this is a recipe that doesn't need any eggs. So I was drawn into it that way. But it does include semolina flour, which we've used before for pasta. This sent up a little ding, 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 ding for Gretchen and for me for other reasons. And so it was this is going to be a fun one, I think. I wanted to do a semolina pudding for forever. One of the first dessert cookbooks I got had a semolina pudding recipe in it. I was always deeply intrigued by, just never quite got around to making it. That's why I was so excited when you were like, there's a semolina pudding. I was like, there's a semolina pudding. (laughs) I got way, way excited about it. Way more excited than is appropriate. I am. (laughs) Sure. I don't, that's just your that's you. That's you with food. <laughs> you. There's no level. You just have yes, a thousand, or absolutely fuck. I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> that's not true. I'm sure there I is know. a a gulf of foods that I'm fine with. Yeah. I yes. mean, with your reactions, it's usually oh, yes. I get very excited. Right? <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> One of the other reasons we're excited, in addition to the semolina flour component, is that you have to make a caramel sauce. We've made a caramel sauce before a couple times. It's always it's always a risky business walking into that caramel world. But this is a light caramel sauce. It says. And it's used interestingly also. Do you want to tell us how we're going to use the caramel sauce? The caramel in this is being used to line the mold. I'm assuming that it makes it easier to take it out. As I said, we're venturing into totally new territory for me. I do not do a lot of puddings like this either. So don't think I'm an expert. I've made polenta so many times. This is very similar to polenta 
because mm-hmm. it is a little bit grainier. It's going to have a little more texture than, say, if we were thickening something with like a rice flour or a tapioca flour. Those are going to be more of that sort of along the lines of your non-enjoyment of gelatin. It's all That's all in that family. That does help clear some stuff up for me about like your taste preferences. You're not, that sort of chewy is not going to float your boat. No, I'll go the other way. Yeah. Right. Luckily, because after you stated that just now in the podcast, I was like, oh, I hope you like this because, (laughs) but the texture should be closer to a polenta than to like a flan. It is sort of going to be in between because how the semolina is ground. I think that was the end of the the statement was it's going to end up somewhere in between a polenta pudding kind of thing. So a cornmeal pudding thing and a like a rice thickened thing or a, a pure starch, purely fine ground starch thickened thing. That's where I was trying to go. <laughs> sure. And this also, well, I mean, we'll talk about this more when we get to the ingredients, but this also has chopped almonds. So there is a texture. Forget, yes. I keep forgetting about that little component yeah. with the <laughs> almonds. Yeah. Limited ingredients, but a lot going on here. I think that, yeah, this is, there's a lot of reasons why Gretchen and I were drawn to this recipe. This book is almost a thousand pages, like we have mentioned. So it is very, very hard to pick six representative recipes. And (laughs) we know we're going to come back to this so many times in the future. These are just little tastings, little sample menu, if you will. I think we're going to, we obviously keep learning a lot. We're going to keep learning more. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into a couple more sections of the book that we wanted to share? Not about that. I think everything else I have to say is more specific to the recipe. And I want to talk about that when we're discussing the recipe. I think maybe we should, yeah, just read through the the little bits and pieces that apply to what we're doing today and then hop right into the recipe part of our, our deal. <laughs> okay. Perfect. I'm excited. So we are going to jump to the back of the book because like we said, we are not going to be able to, we are not going to be able to represent the book very well in these brief six recordings. So we are going to jump around a little bit and we're going to go to the back of the book to page 914. I'm sorry, 916. And we're going to read from Jeanette's planning menus. We're going to start this section and then we're going to finish it in the last episode. So next time we're going to leave you on a cliffhanger here, but here we go. (laughs) Planning menu. We have to eat to live, but it is not enough to consume whatever food comes your way simply to satisfy hunger. Food should be chosen intelligently based on what is most nutritious and the cook must be a good judge of both the quantity and the quality of ingredients. To create a good menu, you must also take into account the needs and tastes of the people you are cooking for. When planning a menu, use nutritious food at a reasonable price. With expensive food, we are often paying for rarity, appearance or flavoring, or a brand or packaging. Some cheaper ingredients, such as skirt steak, are just as nourishing as expensive ones, such as sirloin and can be as tasty if skillfully prepared and elegantly presented. Food is expensive when it provides little nutritional value relative to its cost, rather than due to its high price alone. Whoa, dude, that last sentence is like, 
really the whole world my... just flip yeah a little bit yeah like this week that they weren't kidding about the psychedelic high <laughs> and at least now i can feel it i smoked before our recording today people like before we prepped and then i was trying to prep and forgot i was high so that was where i was at earlier now i'm like experiencing the full high it's a little psychedelic but yes that blew my mind a little bit and thank god it didn't completely blow my mind so i could still talk about what i was gonna say <laughs> her point overall is solid Sad thing is, though, is that skirt steak is now the hot thing. Therefore, this book it's needs expensive. a little bit. Yeah, it's expensive <laughs> now because everybody has found out that skirt steak is stupid delicious. And <laughs> if it was an undervalued cut of meat, at least it's getting its due now because sure. I love skirt steak. Love it. Like, bring me a skirt steak and I am a happy girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yum. Yeah, she brings up a lot of good points, which is, I mean, we do need food to satisfy hunger. It has to be nutritious. And I like that she said we have to take into account the needs and tastes of our guests. So not just I want to put together a great menu because I want a great menu. It has to be thoughtful about who's there. And I like the needs part. That's an interesting way to phrase it. Planning mm-hmm. like a fully considerate menu is a huge part of entertaining. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you could do that 100% of the time, like that would be great. Mm-hmm. But you can't always, you know, unfortunately, it's just not feasible to consider every single need of every single guest. You just have to do the best you can. Of course. Yeah. But I try to make I mean, sure yeah. there's at least two dishes that everybody can enjoy. You know, it's like that are taking everybody's needs into consideration. Yes, very thoughtful right up front about what is an important part of planning a menu, including the cost component, which I also really appreciate because I feel like a lot of cookbooks will just kind of say, plan the best menu you can. And sometimes their recipes are very expensive. And it is prohibitive to sometimes cook certain things. And I do appreciate her bringing in just that kind of umbrella perspective of how to approach it. And it's okay to pay for things if they're expensive, but you need to make sure what you're getting out of it on the other side is worth the cost. And that is very interesting. Because if you think about nutritional value to cost, like, let's talk about truffles then. And they're just one of the most absurdly expensive things in the entire world at this point. How do you justify truffles existing and being what they are? It's so interesting. I think one of the reasons we love this book so much is that we have so many interesting conversations based off of two paragraphs from her planning menus page. (laughs) Like, it's so intriguing to us. But that's going to close out the planning menu section, like we said, for now. We'll pick it up in our very last recording next time we're going to read desserts real quick and then jump into our milk puddings and desserts is on page 917 it's just one sentence here that says desserts should supplement the meal and conclude it with a final good impression (laughs) short sweet to the point you can either get one sentence or five books worth of stuff like (laughs) it's true and and she said it's a one sentence description on that page and that being said almost half the book is some version of a dessert kind of (laughs) yeah I mean (laughs) I was looking at the candies and the preserves yesterday I was really getting into it like I mean yeah I was like 
she really does cover like everything. It is interesting because this is much more like a joy of cooking type cookbook than, say, Marcella's, whatever, whichever one we were using. I forget the name of it right Kitchen, now. Kitchen, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where that is cuisine specific. Her book is more of an overview of all cooking than specific to French cooking. Yeah, it it is confusing, too, because the book is presented as the go-to for the French home cook. And I think it is, of course. But it's also, like, we have to keep in mind what you're saying. It's not it's not just French recipes. It's what people were cooking in the 1930s France to entertain mm-hmm. and what was an important recipe to know, to have under your belt if you were having people over. I mean, there there is a sort of, you know, fad and trendiness the culinary world that happens in waves and you have to be expected to make like like you've said like there's a coulis cook at one point there's like a right you've said so many things that you know have been like waves of the restaurant world where everybody's making compound butters and everybody's making this and everybody's making that and so it is interesting too because this book definitely captures that moment in time and we've already had opinions about why certain flavorings are included when they're not local and if you're following along in the patreon there's a lot of like mentioning of bananas and pineapples as the seasonal fruits that are available and <laughs> That's not oh local. yeah, I forgot about that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's what was available, it's what was popular, and I think it's what you were kind of expected to know if you were in that entertaining circle. Yes, I agree. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it. Look at us learning, talking, learning. Let's jump in to these desserts. We are going to talk about milk puddings real quick. This is on page seven eleven in France. Puddings are desserts made from milk, eggs, and sugar, along with ingredients such as rice, semolina, farina, tapioca, cornstarch, ladyfingers, or bread. They may be flavored in the same way as custards and may be accompanied by a creme anglaise or sprinkled with rum and flambéed. Someday we'll have to flambé something. We'll do that when we have a time, sometime when I come to visit, (laughs) to make a... When I come to visit yeah. lists. I'll have a long list. It'll be so long. I'll just have to yeah. come for a week and we'll have to do a, like, a bunch of them in a row. <laughs> Marathon. Yeah. Real quick, what's a creme anglaise if people don't know? It's milk or cream thickened with eggs is the okay. very basic description. Usually flavored okay. with vanilla. I see. Okay, thank you. Yeah, So <laughs> that's all there is that, to it. <laughs> that's all there is to it for milk pudding. The one we're making is a milk pudding indeed. But the last thing we wanted to share then was this tip that Jenny has about milk and if you burn your milk. So we're now going to jump again to the back to page 914. Here's what she says. This is under Jeanette's kitchen advice. If you burn the milk when heating it, keep it warm and immerse a clean, damp cloth into it. Remove, rinse, and squeeze it out and repeat until the burned flavor disappears. What the fuck is going on in that? I don't even know how that would work. I've never heard that before. Never. And here it is in print and has been for almost a century. And we, and what, what is this? What is this? What is that? (laughs) It's so funny. I love this book. (laughs) I can't decide if I would want to try to do this or like, 
or if I just can't because I don't want to waste ingredients. Yeah. Maybe you could do a test another time of just a little bit of milk. Okay. Yeah. Not, yeah. Oh, no, obviously not on like our our product today. This would be a, (laughs) after we are done with it and maybe I just throw some milk in the pan, some more milk in the pan and then try it. But I'm not sure if I really want to or not. Anyway. Yeah. I can either. Does your towel smell like burnt milk? I mean, I'm sure you could wash it out, but does it always have a weird hint of burnt milk? Maybe. Yes. I don't know. Like, what? Yeah, I don't, I do not understand any of the, like, chemistry slash physics of this. Maybe I'll have to see if I can find, track down any answers on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very intriguing. So that was it. All we really wanted to share from the book for this time. We Like we said, we're going to close out the planning menus and we're going to close out our sort of share of the book next time when we make our last dessert, which is going to be another fun one. Let's get into it. The semolina pudding and what our ingredients and steps are going to be. We are making this semolina pudding, page 713 in the Frauds, the cookbook. We have four cups of milk, one generous three quarters of a cup sugar, one and a half tablespoons of butter. Oh, it does say one lemon. Zest of one lemon. Oh, that was a transcribing error on my part then. <laughs> It's okay. I probably would have just said, yeah, zest of lemon. Fine. That's good for me. Three quarters of a cup semolina or farina and scant half a cup of blanched almonds. And again, going over that generous versus scant terminology. Generous is, you know, a little more, a heaping measure, if you will, whereas scant is below the rim, maybe slightly. So there we go. Fanny Farmer's nightmare descriptor. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like Fanny would have such a problem with this book. <laughs> level, level, level. <laughs> Jenny's like, yeah, over, under, whatever. What, to be was fa- the, what was the prep time and cooking time on that? It says 10 minutes for prep and cooking time is 35. Thank you. So here are our steps for the semolina pudding. We preheat the oven to 425 degrees Fahrenheit. (laughs) In a large pan, bring the milk, half a cup of sugar, and the butter and lemon zest to a boil. Once boiling, pour in the semolina or farina in a steady stream. Simmer gently for 10 to 15 minutes. Finely chop the almonds and stir into the semolina. Make a light caramel page 643, with the remaining half a cup, or sorry, remaining one quarter cup sugar and one tablespoon of water. Carefully pour into the mold and coat the inside. Pour in the mixture, the semolina mixture, I'm adding that because I feel like saying the mixture is weird. Confusing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And bake for 10 minutes. Allow to cool before turning out and serving. We were talking earlier about the confusion of adding your semolina, letting it simmer for 10 to 15 minutes, then adding your almonds, and then starting your caramel. It feels a little out of order. Yeah, a little <laughs> timing crunch there, weirdly. Yeah, I and I was saying to Becca that my culinary training beat into me, like, 
prep your molds, prep your molds, prep your molds. So by that standard of thinking, your caramel would come first, then you would make your mixture. <laughs> mm -hmm. The mixture. And put that into the pan, then bake. So, but we, we've negotiated for while the semolina is cooking, we are going to make our caramel mm -hmm. instead of saving it till after the pudding is made because it doesn't make sense to allow your mixture to cool down before putting it in the oven. That just increases the cooking time. So, well, I had a question about that because it never says to turn the heat off. I mean, it says to take it to a simmer from a boil, but then it never says to turn the heat off or completely like reduce it after that. So is it supposed yeah. to stay simmering until we pour it into the mold? Actually, it could be bred that way. You're right. That it like that you are supposed to make the caramel while the semolina is cooking. So I think it's just not super clearly written. Yeah, it is part confusing. of the issue. We also were confused or had question marks about the type of mold. What is that? What, <laughs> what are we supposed to be using? What size is it? She, there's no clarity on that. We, we had read her whatever it was called. The utensils, equipment. Yeah. Equipment, yeah. And it, there were a couple of mold descriptors, but again, it just kind of said cake pans and molds. And so we, I'm using a, I think an eight by four bread pan. Mine, I think mine's only three inches wide, probably, and like 10 inches long. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm high. So I just went, sounds like we're talking about dicks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our girth or length. Uh. So, <laughs> so the, <laughs> So there was a few things with the steps. While simple, which we appreciate simple, are lacking in the full context we might appreciate as people who've never made this before. So we're going to do our best. And Gretchen's Sorry. already concerned about the amount of caramel not being enough for her pan. So yes, yeah. that too. Right. And, and just because... As soon as you take caramel off the heat, it's going to start hardening. And that that small of an amount is going to harden very quickly. So, you know, I get that we probably don't want a thick coating of that caramel on the outside of, like, in the pan. It's not going to be like a creme caramel or a flan where you have a thick layer of caramel on the underneath the pudding. It's going to be kind of just a light coating to flavor the outside, I think. Mm -hmm. Since I've never made a pudding like this before, this is all conjecture on my part. We're going to yeah. all do this together. Huzzah. Mm -hmm. Huzzah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to make a little extra caramel, I think. Okay. More of a half a cup. I know that doesn't seem like a lot more, but I don't want to have so much that it's too much. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just sugar and water. There's no nope. butter in here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when we get into the kitchen, we're the first part of this is bringing that milk with the portion of sugar, butter, and lemon zest to a boil. So that's going to be our first step. And then it's kind of a four-part process from there. So this will be our first part here. And then we've yep. got a 
get our semolina added, get our almonds added, and make our caramel. So, oh boy. okay. It's a oh lot. Boy, it's great. Oh boy, here we go. Here we go. We've got a time we're going to. We're not letting ourselves just float around here. 53 minutes left. I I have total faith that we will be done within that time. Okay, we got this then. Let's do it. it. Let's do it. Go, 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 go. Here we are in the kitchen. We have our milk in our pan with a half a cup of sugar. The zest from one lemon and a half, a tablespoon and a half of butter. We're over medium high heat, giving it a little stir every once in a while just to keep things moving. And we thought we needed to highlight a couple of things that we forgot to talk about before we came in here. (laughs) Of course. Which is that this is a world level, what did we decide? Between two to three, depending on the caramel component. and. It is a few steps. It's not complicated, but because she has a few mysterious guidance points, I feel like it could get squirrely, but I don't think it will. All right. And then special equipment. We've already mentioned the pans we're using. I guess the only other thing we really needed was a zester. Yeah, a zester. So we've got, we're doing our caramel in a low fat, saute pan today mostly because i got new pans and i'm excited to use mine (laughs) we have our our mold pan which is that loaf pan type thing and a pan for heating up our milk and doing the pudding part of our pudding Mm -hmm. the pudding of the pudding the pudding of the pudding the mixture the mixture yes the mixture yeah not a mixture. The no, no, no. mixture. The mixture. And, and even though we've been talking about caramel, we're talking about the mixture now. <laughs> I wonder Not if caramel. Part, right. I wonder if part of that strangeness, though, is like translating like a translation thing. Maybe. You know, just like how she like the way it would be written in French mm-hmm. and translating Maybe. it was yeah. just made it sound set. It just doesn't translate quite the same. Yeah, but, that could be it. I mean, you think she'd say, like, reduce heat or remove from heat. But she doesn't give that. She doesn't hold your hand a lot. No. <laughs> no, she does not. <laughs> My yeah. butter's, like, just melting. Yeah, I, I'm down to one little, like, half-inch square in here that's not <laughs> ready to melt. We're looking for a boil before we do anything else. Oh, and I did add some salt to this mixture because she didn't have that. And I, you know, you know how I feel about seasoning. It's got to go in everything. And now we wait. And now we wait and watch and stir using a wooden spoon because everybody's talking about wooden spoons in our cookbooks. (laughs) (laughs) I need some new wooden spoons. I've decided we have have one. Yeah. (laughs) I've decided I have nice new pans and it's time to like get some nice new like wooden bamboo spoons, etc. Because mm-hmm. I haven't bought new like utensils like that in so long. Yeah. Well, and Jeanette says you need two. So. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, you you just are severely underspooned. I, I am have underspooned. They're just old. Yes. But I 
even though I only have one wooden spoon, I still disagree on the whole that you only need two. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, for sure. I mean, that's a, I think that's a bare minimum yeah. of spoons. Yeah. Like, not that you should only have two. I don't think she means only have two. It's like, at least have two. Mm-hmm. You're going to need at least that many. Mm-hmm. I got some steam coming out. Are you stirring constantly? No, I'm stirring every once in a while just because mm-hmm. it's not it's not going to burn. Yeah, I just just I'm not that worried about it because you have until it starts to get really close to boiling. So the more closer it gets to boiling, the more I'm going to stir it to keep it from settling. Okay. But okay. right now that I'm not there. So. Okay. Well, I'll stop stirring mine constantly. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just kind of moving it around. Mostly, I was, like, trying to get the butter to melt. So it's, like, move it around, but get the butter to melt. And mine's getting quite steamy, so I'm probably going to start stirring more. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just to recap, then, to make sure I know what we're going to do next, we're going to add in the polenta <laughs> and that... Semolina. Yeah. Semolina. And that simmers. So then we reduce the heat, and it simmers. For 10 right. to 15. Correct. Okay. Yes. We are going to be whisking that in to make sure it doesn't clump up. So it's going to be like a fine, you know, stream it in a little bit at a time, constantly whisking. And if you can't find semolina, because I almost didn't today, and don't know what farina is, apparently I've known what farina is for a long ass time and had no idea that cream of wheat is actually farina. <laughs> so. Yep. No clue. So yeah, you can use cream of wheat for this. You can use cream of wheat for this, which was a pleasant surprise. But I didn't even see cream of wheat at fucking Whole Foods. So I was like, what the fuck is this nonsense? Really? I'm so mad at Whole Foods right today. I'm like, yeah, it ruined my morning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's on a real anti-Whole Foods mood. Yeah. Give us our semolina. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Whole Foods doesn't even have, doesn't have semolina. They didn't have pita bread. Well, at least I couldn't figure out where the fuck they were keeping the pita bread. And <laughs> it's like, it shouldn't be this hard for me to find pita bread. This shouldn't be hard. Like the pumpkin puree of the bread. Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Come well, on. an even better reason to be making a cozy pudding after oh, a stressful Whole Foods morning. Yeah. Like, what is this? absolute nonsense yeah all right i'm about ready to crank my heat up a little bit more i want this shit to boil i'm ready i'm ready to go with this whole semolina situation where is the boil i my milk had been sitting out for a while too it wasn't cold it wasn't cold mine wasn't either i was just i'm just i guess i'm just being too chicken shit with the heat like we got to turn the heat up and just stand here and stir i think is boil okay it'll it'll probably yeah I'm going up to seven and a half. I'm not going to go. Yeah, I'm not quite fully on eight. Because I feel like if I turn it up any higher, it'll be outside the, the side of the pan. And I will be unhappy with how hot that gets. So. Sure. Oh, I got boiling. I got boiling. Okay. I have oh to my turn God, it down because I am like about to lose my. All right. Going in with my semolina. We've got whisking sounds coming at you. So I'm just, I'm going to whisk and gently and sort of steadily add the the semolina 
Oh my God, I gotta take this down a little bit more. It's really boiling. Uh-oh, okay. that happened yeah. fast. Yeah, it really did. All right, we're down. To, I'm now down to one. So, all wow. right, here we go. Okay. <laughs> I'm not getting a steady stream. Okay. Whiskey, whiskey. <laughs> You're in. I'm done. Okay. Doesn't pour as nicely as polenta, just a note. It kind of had to be like a shake a little, whisk a lot. Shake a little, whisk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. I don't have a boil yet. Oh, sorry. Oh, it's okay. This is part of the charm. No, I just That's was, right. I'm, I'm bummed that we couldn't time our whisking together. But yeah. again, you got a little, at least a sound demo. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. A timing demo more than anything. I'm not sure you're even, because <laughs> you're got your eyes on your stuff. Like, now, yeah, it was pretty spec- quick. Specify if we were covering this or not. No, right? I don't believe we are. Yeah. Still got it on one. I'm trying to assess if that's warm enough to do what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm a little scared that if I, because it thickened up so quickly. Mm. Once I'm it boiled. Little, if it, yeah, that if I turn it up anymore, it's going to turn into like one of those geyser situations of like. Yeah. Throwing hot cereal grain all over the place. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, I just like poked it with my spoon and it released a huge ass bubble. Lava. Maybe I should have done this in a different pan. Deep pan, people, might be a, a real advantageous thing. I probably should have done this in my big pot. Don't think about that milk boiling situation where it just, like, will climb out of the pot so easily. Where is you my want... boil? <laughs> you said there is or where is? No, where? Where are you? Where are you, boil? This is sort of fascinating. What's happening? It's very, <laughs> very thick. Like, what's the consistency? Gruel? <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, a, it's like, what's the word I was actually looking for? I just said gruel because I thought it was funnier. Like a porridge <laughs> kind of consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of, kind of like a fancy oatmeal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think there's places that have, like, there's like a traditional semolina breakfast pudding. Mm hmm. I mean, I think once you get the hang of it, it's probably easy. I just can't even get a boil go. <laughs> <laughs> That's just wild to me because my oh, I was on the power boil though. Uh, oh, yeah. Burner. I'm on a, if you're on, I'm on a smaller one. A normal burner. That's probably part of what's going on. I think I'm getting close. Definitely has a polenta, almost like a finely ground polenta texture. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between semolina and polenta? Well, polenta is corn. Uh-huh. Semolina is a, a wheat, a variety of wheat. Okay. So it's, I mean, at the end of the day, they're both grains. So like, sure. what is the difference? Different species Based. of grain, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How is it ground? Like the semolina is usually ground a bit finer. I was a little worried. Okay, boil. Sorry. Yay! That's fine. Turn it down a little and then here I go. I'm going to pour in my semolina and whisk. Yep, yep, yep. That's correct. 
yeah definitely a shake and then stir situation yeah it does not pour like polenta i was very sad <laughs> it's too fine and i think it like you get that steam coming off the milk yeah. and that just like makes the surface just all clumped together so yeah. learning experience here this is i've never done pol- <laughs> you know i've never done yeah. semolina like this so this is totally new to me yeah hey whisking 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 i don't know how long mine's been cooking <laughs> Mm. very akin to cream of wheat in texture if you put it in your mouth like same sort of texture yeah i keep thinking of the matrix when they're eating on the in the first one when they're eating on the ship for the first or he like neo has the food on the ship for the first time and they talk about it as cream of wheat oh don't remember that (laughs) i've seen that movie so many times (laughs) i don't know i don't know that i've I mean, I've seen it. I've definitely seen mm-hmm. it at least once, but I think I, I think I've only seen The Matrix one time. No I've joke, probably... I've seen it at least like thirty times, at least. At least. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no particular reason why I haven't really watched. I think I've seen it like bits and pieces on like network television over time. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's not like I don't uh, have any concept, but I guess I don't remember that bit in particular. <laughs> Or they I start talking about in. they start talking about what people taste. How do you taste? How do you know what I taste is what you taste? And they're comparing it to cream of wheat. And how did how did the robots know they got the taste of cream of wheat right if taste is subjective? And it's very interesting. Oh, I yeah, I don't remember that conversation at all. You think I'd remember that? <laughs> well, I'm all in with my okay. semolina, and I mean, I it's not like simmering with like a bowl like a bubble bubbling but what what is your temperature at right now i'm on a, i'm still on one just because i i'm concerned about mm-hmm. turning it up any higher than that mm-hmm. let me just hit everything i'm worried about burning here because it's so thick mm-hmm. so i'd rather keep it on like a really low temperature mm-hmm. and maybe cook it just a smidge longer yeah than risk a than burn. risk burning yeah well, should we start our caramel then? Our light I caramel? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. A quarter of a cup in this pan actually looks like a lot of caramel. I've changed my mind. Enough? Okay. If not, I'll make more. I can always make so a second just... batch easy enough. So. And then we'll work on adjusting. I might have to switch to some sort of scraper. I moved to a silicon kind of spatula. Did you? Thing. Okay. Yeah. Then I will too. Because this stuff is sticky. Pretty sticky pretty thick too yeah oh yeah that's that's way better (laughs) Mm. slides right off the spoon too these dream farm spoons are so awesome for this please sponsor us dream farm please sponsor us dream farm like how do we know when this is done the pudding part the caramel the caramel caramel. oh color we're looking for color here more than anything else so okay but says we've cho- chosen a nice low pan. Our water's going to evaporate pretty quickly. I'm a little worried mine's gone. I can't tell if it like it has stuff that, in it that hasn't dissolved yet or if it's going to go crystalline on me here. Mm-hmm. I might have to add a little more water. Okay. Yeah, is, it's so thick. Well, and I'm, I'm worried mine went all. I needed to break my crystals down again. Oh, uh-huh. There we go. That's better. 
Yeah, because trying to get a like temperature measurement on this would be pretty impossible. You could try an infrared thermometer, but like it's such a small amount. Yeah. You would never be sure if you're actually measuring your caramel or if you're measuring the pan. So uh-huh. Sure. You have no no choice but to just do this one by feel. And are you still stirring your Yes, everyone's your mix- in a while the mixture. Here. <laughs> the mixture. Yeah. <laughs> just to, to turn it over, make sure we got nothing burning at the bottom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think it's looking pretty well cooked. Mine has probably been going for at least 10 minutes now. Unfortunately, I mm-hmm. forgot to note what time I put it in. I, know. I was thinking that too when you went and I was like, oh shit, we're not tracking time at all. <laughs> yeah, I was not paying attention. Well, you had to go. Yeah, otherwise I ran the risk of actually having a problem with things burning slash boiling over. Mm-hmm. I'm almost ready to go with my caramel. Okay. It is going quite quickly. So tell me what it looks like. What is happening? It's so it's got a slow bubble going on, but it is kind of golden in color right at the moment. And I like just because I know when you reach this stage, it's going to go over pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to go for my pan now because it's going to be. So here we go. See how this goes. Oh my god, turn the burner off. For fuck's sake. Oh, it's not so bad. I was I was sort of right. Okay. It's so, almost enough. Almost. I'm going to have to Yeah, so hang on, I got to rinse my pan out so I can start a new batch. All right. I'm going to put a little more water in. The the volume of water doesn't matter so much. She just is using a tablespoon because it'll evaporate fairly quickly so your caramel will go a little faster. But if you add more water, you just have to wait for it to cook out for the sugar to start caramelizing. Sure. Mine is mine is still really white. That's okay. Okay. Is it le- white or clear? It's not clear. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's clear. I don't know. It's pretty thick. Okay. You're probably just seeing some boiling. I mean, it is going to be thick. It's like icing. Are you still stirring? Are you stirring your yeah. caramel? <gasps> I did it again. I stirred it. I yeah. think I have to start over. Yeah, you probably do. Shit. Because I'm not stirring mine at all. I just swirled I to forgot. dissolve. I didn't stir. God damn it. Caramel. I never know how to do caramel. I always forget to just leave it alone. Ugh, okay. Over. It's hard because it's so picky that you're like, I want to touch it. And it's like, no, no. Just... You wait, hold, hold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my, my stuff is now kind of silky. Like there's not as much of a texture. Like not that there's not a texture, but that extra time must just help really smooth it out. I got a technique for you. When you go to pour it in the pan, you got to hold one in one hand and sort of pour it around the edges and tw- okay. twist while you're doing it. And that'll help get you some coverage. But I mean, still mine is not. Yeah. 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 Looks like the bottom's pretty covered, but the sides are a little. Uh, yeah. Sad. Little, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going again on my caramel. I did just, a, I mixed it just enough to get it blended for a second. And now I'm not touching it. Okay. Okay. Do we need to put our nuts in the mixture? <gasps> yes, we do. Okay. All right. Going in, stirring those almonds in. Okay, I've got a boil on my caramel. All right, good. Just gave it a little shake in the pan for a second. I didn't stir. All right, I'm going to 
I'm going into my pan here to see what this looks like. You're pouring your mixture in your pan? Mm-hmm. Not bad. I've got caramel. I think I managed to at least get it halfway up the sides for most of it. Okay. <laughs> Some areas have better cover than others. <laughs> but I pr- probably should have followed my instinct with thinking that the caramel, that would have been better to have more caramel to get that coverage, you know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I've got a lot of like boiling happening over here. Just don't touch it. Yep. Don't touch it. It's going to go quick. You, you'll, you'll have caramel soon. It's, it's coming. Ugh, so scary. All right, the bubbles are getting smaller. Okay, you're, yeah, you're getting there, sounds like, then. Okay, I'm scared. You're fine, you're great. Okay, thank you for the feedback. <laughs> you're doing great, yeah. You, you've got this. Yeah, that lining the pan thing is the hardest part, I think. Yeah. Can I stir this? What? The caramel? Yeah, 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 you can swirl the caramel oh. a little bit. Swirl it, yeah. Yeah. But not, you know, just be gentle. Yeah. I'm going to go in with my pudding. Okay. Into the oven, if you're okay with that. Okay. Oh, into the oven. Yeah, yeah, go. Okay. We have exactly 10 minutes left on the time. Wow. <laughs> the other thing I probably would have liked is a little bit more of a description of what, like, the, are we looking for browning on the top? Are we? Yeah. How do we you know, know what's what, done? <laughs> what, are you, what are you looking for as far as done? Okay, I think I'm done over here. Okay. You need me to look at it, or are you just going to go with it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I broke it or ruined it again. Oh, yeah. It crystallized again. But I hate caramel. Okay, you know what? mm, Put a little water in it and bring it back to a boil. Okay. And we'll we'll try that and see if it works. Because all we really need to do is have it, like, be a slightly pourable texture. Yeah. Okay. I think I got it back. All right. Because the the, the caramel is going to sort of, I mean, I, uh, I feel bad because I'm like, I hope I'm not going to steer you wrong on this, but I think that as long as it, because is it have any color to it yet or no? Yeah. It's like okay. a light color. A light, light color. Yeah. Do you want to try and get more color on it or do you just want to try and get the line the pan? I just want to try to line the pan, I think. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm you're like I'm good I'm good yeah with this. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so but are you landing more on a le- world level three then yep anything <laughs> caramel for me like honestly like we didn't read her instructions on like what a light caramel said because it was basically just like bring to a temperature the right sugar. boil it and yeah yeah <laughs> but I still like I need a little bit more hand-holding. These are really hard for me. Sounds like we have a a caramel project for the next time I come. We got to do caramel together. This is not fun. It's kind of chunky. Yeah, I'm not sure that that'll matter, really. Okay. I started with such enthusiasm, and and now I'm, like, mad. Now you're like, fuck you, caramel. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I hate caramel. It's really hard to get it on the sides. Yeah. I, I, that's why I was like, I think it's gotta be, you gotta have more, like you just yeah. need extra. Yeah. Oh, okay. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry about the caramel. Okay. 
And literally, I don't think worry about really getting it up the sides because it's actually boiling around mine. Okay, so it just needs to be in there. <laughs> it just needs to be in there. It's not even like, yeah, don't don't worry about what it looks like. Okay. If it's got some right, caramel then. color, it should do, it might do its own thing. Okay. And, and hopefully I'm not making a total disaster for you, but. <laughs> well, it is, I'm not doing anything different at this point, so it is. <laughs> 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 but my mixture thickened up a lot. It's very. It's super thick, yeah. Mashed potato-y. <laughs> Yes, yeah, it, it that is a good descriptor. I don't know why I didn't think mashed potatoes. Okay. Okay, and then how long does it bake for? 10 minutes. 10 minutes. All right, I'm going in finally. Fucking okay. finally. Okay. So at 4:41 when you're going in, 4 minutes and 41 seconds left on the clock for you. I meant when you put yours in. But yes, okay. 4 minutes and 41 seconds until mine is done. <laughs> So. Oh, I see. Oh, on, on our timing, our self-timing. Our timer, yeah, and that's when you okay. put yours in, so. I see. Oh, okay, so not too bad, but a real yeah. scramble. Well, and we will have to wait until this cools down to do our little outro. Yeah. I probably shouldn't have cooked my caramel so much. Mine went a little bit further, and it looks like it's cooking more. Oops. So yours being on the lighter side might have an advantage. I hope so. I hope the way that that ended up was an advantage because I have feelings. You have feelings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you guys in the future. We'll see you in the future with hopefully delicious stuff and better feelings. Yeah, right. <laughs> we are in the future. The milk pudding future. <laughs> the semolina milk pudding future <laughs> yeah i will say right up front my caramel disappeared it was so light to begin with and now it just got absorbed in it does look like the edges are a little slightly different color than the rest but i was telling gretchen mine kind of looks like a mashed potato casserole it is not i would not look at that and go oh my god that's gonna taste amazing if i didn't know <laughs> what was in it <laughs> You'd be very dubious about what was happening. Yeah, uh -huh. I can see that, unfortunately. I'm sorry. I <laughs> did not steer you correct on this one. No, I think it's still going to taste good. That's the whole point. Whereas yours looks beautiful. You've got that dark caramel all around the edges. It's got like a, it, there's some color variety. It's not just one big white clump. Right. <laughs> Although I was saying that it looks like because the caramel was thick on the bottom and there were like chunks of nut in my mix, those chunks sid slid down to the bottom of the mixture and settled into the caramel. So there's like a caramelly nutty mixture in the bottom here. Delicious and definitely not supposed to be there. Yeah. <laughs> well, but all right. Are we tasting let's do this it. then? Let's, let's do, do it. it. I like it. <laughs> Took us an awfully long time to get to this. No. But I also like it. I'd probably not do the chunks of almond again, necessarily. Mm. Like, I'd chop it much finer. Like, sure. really chop it in. Yeah. I think I might have overcooked my mixture, the mixture, on the stovetop a little oh. bit. I think it's just a little too set. Set, exactly. It doesn't have any puddingness to it. It's, Is like, it dry? Potato. It's not dry. 
No, but it it's just like a real thick mashed potato. Mm-hmm. Does it have any bounce to it? It has a jiggle. Okay. Kind of. I don't know that. I like it. Yes, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually really yeah. like it. I just don't know if this would be something I'd necessarily go out of my way to do again. I agree. There was like a an addendum recipe to this one that was semolina pudding croquettes where you like fry it as a next step, I think. And that could be kind of cool. Well, I definitely want to try it because it would be similar to that other thing that I was telling you about that was like the semolina squares. Mm-hmm. So you'd have that similar fried semolina thing. So I definitely am going to try that after this cools down and like sets overnight maybe because I think that'll be good. I really like the flavor though. And I like the I like the semolina because I can taste a little bit of what's the word I want. I can taste it. There's a little texture there. It's reminding me of like a flavor of grits or something, but there's nothing there's but it's so smooth. It's it's just like a real subtle earthiness in there. Yeah, not as sweet as like a corn mm-hmm. something. Yeah. I wish I'd put some more lemon in. I definitely think it would be more interesting if you flavored it in some way. Orange or... Yeah, but kind of a, a a good recipe to have in your back pocket for if you need something like mildly impressive that somebody wouldn't have seen before and you don't have a lot of time to put something together. It would definitely fit the bill. For sure. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I'd really want to serve it to anybody, though. Like as a first choice dessert. Right. It wouldn't be a first choice dessert. This is like emergency dessert Uh yeah yeah so well it goes the way of the mushroom soup a little bit for us then not a bad thing but not something we're like in love and love with could use some improvement Uh uh-huh yeah well hopefully we can make up for it with the eggless shortbread cookies next time Mm -hmm. because we are going to dig into those guys yeah we are and that will close us out with our jenny so one more France, the cookbook, and then we move on to the next, which we don't know what, what that, that is. <laughs> but it'll so be the- something. Yeah. It'll be something. Absolutely, it'll be something. So, <laughs> all right. Guarantee that. Well, then off we go. Off we go. Interesting oh, textured pudding. <gasps> I got them back. Coconuts are back. The coconuts are back. The coconuts are back. The coconuts are back. back. (laughs) (laughs) The end.